everyone, welcome to uh, episode 13 of Splash of Cinema. This is a uh, an exciting episode. We have a, a very cool guest on to talk some hockey movies today. Um, we've been we've been a, away from you guys for a little bit, but but it's good to it's good to be back, and and we're all locked and loaded, ready to go. So, Pete, I'll let you introduce our guest for today. Yeah. So the guest today is my brother Jack. Uh, we both played hockey growing up. He played a little later into his years than I did, but uh, we thought we would bring him on for this hockey movie themed episode uh, a bit specific today but we're going to talk about a lot of movies for you and we're excited how you doing jack i'm doing well uh thank you guys for having me i love listening to the podcast so uh like pete said uh i played hockey growing up uh it's my favorite sport you know so i'm, I'm here just to give it a little hockey insight to these movies these guys are movie guys but i'm here for the hockey takes and everything so thanks thanks for having me boys and uh jack you actually played a little bit at georgia right i did i played i played club here for a year so that's pretty cool what, what's your position what position yeah uh, i was a wing so i was on offense and what's your team in real life i'm a penguins fan in real life so pittsburgh fan yeah oh, of course yep. sweet sweet i don't know if you follow i don't know if you follow hockey john but what about you oh i do i'm a pretty diehard pens fan there we go We've had some down years lately, but but it's time for another cup soon, I think. I think so, too. I agree. Crosby's just got to keep his head from, uh, I don't know, the boards. <laughs> All right, so we're excited for today's episode. There's not really a hidden gem of the week. Uh, a lot of times with these sports movies, they're not quite up to par with the other stuff that we cover. Uh, but it's just a hidden movie. Uh, and it's 1999's Mystery Alaska. Uh, and the plot reads, this comedy is about the residents of a small town who get overexcited when their hockey team gets chosen to host a televised event. It was directed by Jay Roach, written by David E. Kelly and Sean O'Byrne, and it stars Russell Crowe, Burt Reynolds, and Hank Azaria. And unfortunately, Mystery Alaska is not available to stream, but if you would like to watch it, please email us at Pod at gmail so what are your thoughts on uh mystery alaska guys all right uh i mean it's you know it's not the best quality movie i would say like the hockey action like it's russell crowe like he's australian he's out there playing hockey not the best uh not the best technique or uh not really realistic i think either with the rangers coming up and to like middle nowhere alaska and playing but like it's just a quality movie though like i've seen it multiple times like it's just one of those movies that you know, I can't really put my finger on it, why I like it or like why I'm drawn to it. But yeah, I'd say it's definitely a movie worth watching. Just not the not the most realistic hockey action, I would say. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting how unknown this movie is, despite the cast and, you know, the people behind it. And I thought like they all turned in pretty good performances. I did not mind Russell Crowe's performance. I mean, I was a little when I first saw him, I didn't I didn't realize he was in the movie before I, I clicked play. But but as soon as I saw Russell Crowe, I'm like, okay, like this movie's kind of legit. I don't know why he's playing hockey, but but he is like kind of the the right body type for the character he was playing. He's he's playing this like old beat up kind of hockey player that's not fast enough to skate, but you know has the the knowledge of the game and has to kind of guide the younger guys. Um, it felt more like a drama than a comedy to me. Like this this town was basically trying to prove that they were like a legit hockey town and, and could be on par with the Rangers. It, it was an interesting plot. Um, 
I think they created a lot of story where there didn't need to be story, and there were some side plots that like were pretty confusing. Um, like the guy, the long lost kid from the town, that's like the one guy that left returning, and like everyone hates him, but some people love him, and like that creates jealousy and stuff. Um, you know, I didn't mind the hockey. Like, stick to the hockey. You know what I mean? The story was the hockey, so I don't know why they had to bring in the other stuff, but ultimately. Yeah, ultimately it was a pretty good movie, and um, I'll, I'll probably rewatch it here at some point soon. Yeah, yeah, it's a decent watch. I mean, you you know what's going to happen at the end of the movie. It's one of those where you can just sense it throughout the runtime. And yeah, like you were saying, you know, the whole thing of the Rangers coming up to some small town in Alaska and them just making an event out of that that just that just would not happen. Uh, yeah. That's really all I have to say. It's it's a good movie. I don't think it's it, I don't think it's anything fantastic, but in terms of the movies we're going to talk about today, it's definitely up there. Yeah, there's some uh, there's some hits in this lineup and some misses, but we're just covering all the kind of the most famous hockey movies. So unless you have anything else to say, Jack, I will introduce the next one. Uh, no, I mean you're right though with the Russell Crowe take. Uh... I agree with that. Like he's the beat up Wiley veteran, you know, he's that guy you meet on your team, you know, he's, he's a smart, he's the, he's the team captain, you know? So you're right. I like the way you played that role as well. And, and, and I think that this movie kind of has the good themes that are going to carry throughout these, the movies in this podcast. Almost all of these stories have elements of like fighting. They love to emphasize how big fighting is in the game of hockey. Um, and there are also also underdog stories in their own way, and this is definitely an underdog story. I mean, not only the team, but but Russell Crowe is an underdog within the team. Um, and there's always sen- tends to be some like young hotshot skater that's really fast but needs to learn the game. Like, it's it's pretty interesting the the types of characters that are like very similar in all these films. Um, and in the next film we're going to be talking about, which is uh probably the most important the most uh well-known like hockey franchise of movies is the mighty ducks so the first mighty ducks film um the plot reads a self-centered minnesota lawyer is sentenced to community service coaching a ragtag youth hockey team uh written by stephen brill directed by stefan Hreck, stars emilio estevez joss ackland and lane smith and it's available on hulu and disney plus um you know the mighty ducks is a classic if you haven't seen it then you haven't lived um not the greatest quality of cinema but but it's one of those classic ragtag underdog um you know wiley coach coaches a a really like lazy kind of team at first and then they they go on to win i mean it's pretty predictable but it's a very enjoyable film you boys thoughts yeah i mean it's it's a great family movie i'd say uh you know it's available on disney plus give it a watch uh disney bought the rights to the whole franchise so uh you know emilio estevez was huge right and like putting him in the position of coach he kind of plays like a pretty boy in a sense uh but yeah i mean there are some side plots as well like the whole thing with uh the main kid's mom and the coach like that i found that a little weird but uh (laughs) I mean, aside from that, the, the 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 hockey and like the plays that they run just really aren't realistic. Jack, you can speak to that. But like the time where they do the flying V, where they just pass the ball back, the uh, puck back the V, that just would not happen. Uh, yeah, and 
I, I mean, yeah, it's a fun movie to watch. But again, like a lot of these movies, not the best quality. But in terms of cultural significance, Mighty Ducks is definitely up there. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Like, I mean, you got to watch the Mighty Ducks movies, like the great family movies, you know, like I, very unrealistic with the flying view. Like you said, like, I think the flying view would be like an interference call like all day. So I don't think that's like legal at all. Of course, uh, in the second one, you have uh, the knuckle puck too, which is that's that's something that actually happens though in games. Like if you shoot a puck like on edge, like it's gonna flutter and like you don't know where it's going. It's a knuckle puck. But uh, yeah, no, overall, just classic movie. I mean, you gotta watch it. You have to watch all of them. Jack, I would have to ask, as a hockey player, do you think you would respond to uh, Coach Gordon Bombay's coaching style? Do you think that was an effective coaching style? I don't know, kind of. I mean, if when you have a group of, like, like a ragtag group, like you were saying, like that, I feel like, you know, he wasn't the best coach in the beginning, but then, you know, you saw him really grow as a coach, you know, and learn to appreciate the kids and just, like, get them going, you know? Yeah, have fun. I specifically remember one uh, practice drill in which he had them pick up garbage or something like that <laughs> in order to learn to, like, get rid of loose pucks um <laughs> but yeah he also ties up uh the one where he ties up goldberg to the goal and it's just like they're all taking shots at him because he's scared of the puck i think that's i don't know that'd be an effective coaching strategy in my book so i respect it the mighty ducks movies actually it's it's kind of special to me because at the naval academy my company is 27 company the mighty ducks and we pretty much have like stolen the logo from the team and stuff and like made it our company logo. And we always do like the quack call when we're at like physical events and stuff. So it's pretty funny. It's, it's definitely, I think it's indicative of, of the broad reaching cultural impact of these films, the Mighty Ducks films, pretty much just the first one. I mean, I feel like the films get progressively worse as they go. Um, so I guess we can talk about the second one if you guys want to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I really don't know because this is a fresh watch for me. I watched these this past week. Uh, I kind of like the second one better than the first one. Really, the, the like Olympics thing. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was cool. I, I like how they got some new, uh, some new kids in there. The, the level of hockey that they were playing was better, which I appreciated. Like the, the scenes where they're actually skating and stuff. But yeah, I. It was a good time. It was it, it went a lot quicker than the first one, I think. And I think that's because there weren't like these scenes with Emilio Estevez and other characters. It was mainly just hockey and they were constantly playing. Yeah, like what happened to the, the one kid's mom that Emilio Estevez seemed to be so interested in throughout the first one? Yeah, right. She just kind of disappeared, which was crazy. What did you think about like all the side the side characters, Jack? The the kind of like the weird really talented characters from all over the country that that managed to come on the team and score like one goal for them and then sit on the bench the rest of the time yeah that, that was definitely uh i feel like that was like uh like a hole in the plot a little bit which like, just all these kids that were just got recruited that they just like don't even play them like maybe their talents are being wasted a little bit but uh yeah what i, I just brought up the knuckle puck though yeah you have like keenan thompson without the knuckle puck like that, that's always a great one and another takeaway i had uh from the second one at least is that like it's like the icelandic team or something like i don't even think people in iceland like play hockey maybe they do but like i feel like they don't at all like so they're like let's pick a northern european country and 
and say that they play hockey, but they could have picked any other Northern European country but Iceland. They could have done like Russia, but maybe that'd been taking a, like that'd been like a miracle and ice cake away, but like like they could have done like Norway, like Finland, Sweden, like any of those, but like they picked Iceland for some reason. Yeah, that part really didn't make sense to me. And I feel like people from Iceland are not mean. Exactly, yeah. That's what I was just about to say. I feel like they're not even mean-spirited people. Like, they're just, like... They made them super scary, though, for some reason. No, we, uh... In the second one, you also see the lettuce that Emilio Estevez pulls out. Uh, his hair's a little longer. He's looking fresh. That was his prime right there. Uh, that was... That was, was that around Breakfast Club? I think that the Breakfast Club's the 80s, right? Yeah, it's the 80s, yeah. Oh, 85. Okay, never mind. So, yeah, he went on to do these after Breakfast Club. I think these were probably more of a moneymaker for Emilio Estevez. Um, I mean, I feel like he tried hard to put out a good performance, but, you know, it was kind of lazy at times. And the second one especially, he just, like, wasn't in the movie. They were just, like, using his name to sell it. But he he came back in the third. Um, So the third Mighty Ducks film, the plot reads... Yeah, D3, the Mighty Ducks, the plot reads... The unruly team of hockey misfits grows up a bit and receives scholarships to a prestigious prep school where they take on the snotty varsity team. So I found it interesting that they went from like competing in the junior Olympics against like the world's best to like having to compete for spots on like a, a just a random ass prep team. Um, like why didn't you have the prep team compete in the junior Olympics if they were better? You know what I mean? <laughs> just some weird, some weird plot lines, but, but you know, same type of story. And, and I, I enjoyed this film you know, a good amount as well. Yeah, uh, this is my least favorite of the trilogy, I will say. Yeah, like you were saying, that's even in the second one, right? Like, just taking a team that's already full and being like, yep, you 16 players are the best in America. Like, well, it just doesn't make sense. You would just pull, they do pull some players from the whole country, but you would pull all your players from the whole country. Uh, but yeah, the third one, you had those prototypical characters, you know, the main guy, the pretty boy. It's his team. So, yeah, you see that. But you get to see, like, Charlie as a character more. And, obviously, he has the best bond with Coach Bombay. And this new coach is so bad for him, right? Like, the new coach is more like what I think a competitive hockey coach would be like than Gordon Bombay. And you get to see that in the third movie, which is nice. Yeah, uh, just overall, uh, not a big fan of the third one. Just going just gonna to leave it at that, honestly. <laughs> And yeah, I agree. Like, I don't know how you go from literally like having like the world championship to just playing like even like a Connecticut prep school or something like league. I don't, I don't know how it just drops off to that. But now, Jack, have you encountered these like prep school type hockey teams, and and do you think that they play differently from like your ragtag, I don't know, like Scranton area hockey team? Uh, yeah, def- I mean, yeah, they're definitely more skilled for sure. Like the prep school teams, like up in the Northeast, especially compared to like what I played with in like central Pennsylvania, like Northeastern Pennsylvania growing up, like the public school kind of hockey thing. But, uh, yeah, they definitely are way more skilled for sure. But, uh, like, I feel like the way we played in high school was a little more like ragtaggy kind of like, like the first Mighty Ducks, you know, a little bit like that. Now, the one redeeming aspect I thought of the third film, the, the thing I liked the most, they managed to pull off some, like, absurd but hilarious pranks on the prep school kids. One involved, like, a lot of fire ants. Um, and I just, I, I think that stuck out to me from the film. So so if you're a fan of pranks, I think the third Mighty Ducks film is probably the one for you. 
But if you're a fan of hockey, I, just stick to the first, I'd say. So our next film uh, gets a little more comedic than The Mighty Ducks. Obviously, they have their fair share of comedy, but this is a little vulgar in the way it presents it. Uh, this is 1977 Slapshot. Uh, and the plot reads, a failing ice hockey team finds success with outrageously violent hockey goonery. Uh, directed by George Roy Hill, written by Nancy Dowd, and it stars Paul Newman, Michael Ontkeen, and Struther Martin. And Slapshot is currently available on Peacock TV. So uh, what are your thoughts on Slapshot? Obviously, this is a classic, and it's probably the funniest one we're going to cover today. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, Slapshot's, I think it's my favorite movie on this list, not going to lie. Like, it just has everything, you know, it's just, like, the, like, vulgar comedy, you know, side. And it's just, like, I love the story, too. Like, it is, like, a really big underdog story, just this washed-up hockey team that's about to be sold uh, and relocated. And, you know, they really rally behind uh, Paul Newman in it, the cap- the player coach captain, uh, and just realize the way they have to win is just, by beating the crap out of people. So like just a great movie overall, like just a classic movie that you 100% need to see for sure. The thing I notice most about this movie and some, there's some like older hockey movies we cover here and some newer ones. And they all, they seem like they're from completely different eras, like of the game. Like this slap shot, I would say is, is like symbolic or a symbol of the old hockey culture. This kind of like, you know, old, like, beat people up um it's more of a gritty culture but but also kind of like a fun more for the boys type culture this is the type of film that our parents watched um and then as you move to these early 2000s hockey films they become more like family oriented more of like underdog heartwarming stories this is just like this reminded me of an old baseball movie like with something with like kevin costner like this kind of reminded me of like a bull durham type film it's just the old coach, you know, he's trying to stay relevant, keep the keep the team going. Definitely should not be playing hockey anymore. Um, and half the team is are like more womanizer than player. Um, and, and 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 it shines it shines through with their play and, and how they interact with people outside of the the rink. Um, but yeah, Slopshot, I would also agree with you, Jack. This is my favorite film on the list just because of how you know, vulgar it is and, and how funny that it, it is at times. Although I don't know if this film could be made today because it, it's definitely a, like super offensive at times. Yeah. Yeah. hundred uh, percent. But I like how they capture like the, the grittiness and sort of how much of hooligans these guys are in this like regional hockey league. Right. I mean, there are a lot of these. I know there's the ECHL, uh, which is based in the East coast of the United States and, I mean, those guys fight a lot from what I've heard. So uh, it's cool to see that environment captured uh, in a big movie with Paul Newman. Uh, he's He was a big name at the time. Uh, he he had won an Oscar for Cool Hand Luke, I believe, or was nominated. Uh, but so he was a huge name. So, yeah, it's crazy to see him uh, like Russell Crowe. You know, maybe like we were saying uh, last week, we every actor wants their take on old Hollywood. Like maybe... Maybe some actors want some hockey movies. So that was cool to see with Slapshot. Yeah, I think it really captures the like the grittiness. Like what a lot of like people that don't really follow hockey, what they think of is hockey is just the classic fighting and everything. I think Slapshot really like did a number on that. And like that's part of the like stigma created a little bit. 
but I mean, that's how it was though. Like, like Lydia in the movie, they're not wearing helmets. Like they're just using like wooden sticks. Like just, it's just like a classic, like good old time hockey movie, in my opinion. I thought the, I thought it was fun how they introduced like the opening scene of the movie. They listed all these penalties and the one player was like, oh, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. And then like later the team in general actively tries to get all those penalties and they just don't care about the penalty box. Like, um, in, in this movie in particular, but a couple of these movies, it seems like it's a badge of honor for how many penalty minutes they get. Have you, have you experienced this in the game? Either of you? Uh, yeah, I mean, one of, uh, like our captain on my high school team, uh, he was just like a bruiser on defense and would just go after guy. And sometimes, you know, the coach would be like, like, you have to protect your star players, you know, at a certain point. So they're certain, like, we'll get into Goon in a little bit, but, uh, like you need those enforcers and you need those guys that really like, yeah, like they'll, they'll take a penalty. Like they'll, they'll enjoy just like dropping the gloves or just taking a penalty every once in a while, just for their team. So. That's what makes hockey a really cool sport, too, in my opinion, is just that you have these people that, like, you have these guys that are just, like, willing to go to the box for two minutes for your team and everything, so. All right, so uh, I think we covered Slapshot pretty well. Um, I think the consensus is that of, of all the movies to watch, this is probably one of the most important. Um, and it, and it, I think it captures the game. As, of, of the movies we've talked about so far, it probably captures the game the best um, and the kind of grittiness of it. Which, which brings us to uh, another really well movie and probably the, worst, the most well-known movie on this list, uh, Miracle, 2004, the true story of Herb Brooks, the player-turned-coach who led the 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey team to victory over the seemingly invincible Soviet squad, directed by Gavin O'Connor, written by Eric Guggenheim, stars Kurt Russell, uh, Patricia, Patricia Clarkson, and Nathan West, and it's available on Netflix and Disney+. Plus. So if you haven't seen Miracle at this point, you really have no excuse because it's available, you know, wherever you can watch it. Um, and what's most compelling about this, it makes everyone in America happy because it's like a true story of us basically winning the Cold War through hockey. Um, our, our completely underdog team beating the Soviets at the one sport that they care about the most, um, maybe besides women's gymnastics. And... Um, yeah, it, it, it's just a, it's an underdog story that, that actually happened in real life. So they already had the story, and I think that they made a really well-done movie out of it. Um, you know, Kurt Russell playing Herb Brooks delivers the iconic speech right before they go out to play. Um, there's a lot of good coaching moments in this, and they recreated some real games um, pretty well. So I, overall, yeah, Miracle is just a really feel-good movie. Everyone can watch this. It's it's for the family. It's for true hockey fans. It's a classic. Yeah, I mean, uh, I remember Jack and I on long car rides. We had a Dodge Grand Caravan 2010, and Miracle was always in there on the DVD. Uh, so we would watch that on repeat. Uh, can't tell you how many times I've watched this film. It's been, it's been a lot. Uh, but what I like about this film is you know the hockey action is really really truthful and it looks good too uh it's shot really well and they did uh implement actors that are skaters as well uh which oftentimes uh we'll see with m uh i don't want to say the movie but it's going to be our fiery feces flick today uh you'll see how bad the skating and action scenes in that are uh but yeah just classic uh 
Kurt Russell gives a fantastic performance as the coach, as well as the other actors who are sprinkled in uh, the players. And, you know, it's just super pleasing at the end. Obviously, you know what's going to happen, but the way uh, it's communicated through the film is great and it's wonderfully shot. And I I love Miracle. I watch it so much. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's a great movie that you haven't seen yet. I don't know what you've been doing, Uh, but... (laughs) Just uh, yeah, I agree with what you said, Pete. Like the like the sh- like the action at least is like pretty realistic, and like the way it's shot is great. Like the on ice shots and everything, and also it just really captures like like the journey of a team too. I feel like you have like uh, O'Callaghan and McClanahan. Uh, they're fighting like in practice. Like there's beef from their days in college, and then uh, also just like something I can relate to is just yeah, like Kurt Russell as Herb Brooks was just great i feel like and just the scene where they're doing the suicides where he's just again again <laughs> again and uh blowing the whistle like that's just something i completely relate to like what happened in the hockey practice if you're messing around or you have a shitty game so overall just yeah just one of the best hockey movies for sure and a great story true story so yeah and i think uh some some people have tried to like capture that moment through other films i know there's a a documentary on this but but miracle is pretty much all you need to watch to get that story and i don't think anyone else is going to try to attempt like a better take on that story just because i mean you can't beat miracle especially the speech you know whenever you want to get pumped up you can you can watch that speech on youtube they even use that in our like boot camp kind of process we call it summer they made some people memorize the miracle speech which i think is so funny um it's just like a big usa pride type type film yeah i i mean that's all i have to say about miracle uh just a classic it's one of those that uh you know speaks nationalism no but i'm kidding uh it's just a great film but uh obviously that is there uh so we're gonna move on to our next film uh, we talked about it earlier it's 2011's goon uh the plot reads labeled an outcast by his brainy family a bouncer overcomes long odds to lead a team of underperforming misfits to semi-pro hockey glory, beating the crap out of everything that stands in his way. Uh, directed by Michael Douse, written by Jay Baruchel and Evan Goldberg, and it stars Sean William Scott, Jay Baruchel, and Allison Pill. And Goon is currently available on Tubi TV. It's one of those free ones where you watch some ads and you get a movie for free, so it's on there. Uh, this one, like Slapshot, is vulgar. I mean, it's Jay Baruchel. Uh, it's very Canadian as well, uh, which I enjoyed. And you know, Goon is Goon is so funny. There is uh, I the, the one of my favorite lines is the goalie where he goes, "I only have two rules. <laughs> Do you have any Percocets? And can I have some Percocets?" I think that's so funny. And you know, these guys, these guys are all misfits, right? And Sean William Scott, I love how he just works his way into the story and just beats the living crap out of people and uh ultimately in the end it's it's a it's a great gory ending uh with Leave Schreiber who also appears in the movie which is is a differing role for him but I liked it uh, yeah no so super gory movie uh kind of like Slapshot where there's just all fighting pretty much not a lot of hockey being played but uh one one of the characters I love is uh the character of Laflemme he's just like you know he was the like top pick in the nhl 
like pretty boy you know like so much natural talent but he's just like a complete idiot and like a fuck up basically and just it's like addicted to drugs and like banging like prostitutes and stuff so he's just stuck in the minor leagues and has like no ambition really to get back and so it's just cool it's like that's just like like the obviously it's like over exaggerated but it's like the pretty boy on your team you know that's like thinks he's the shit and then sometimes you know they just go downhill and i just liked uh, how like sean william scott then just like his character is so like modest and like he's like pretty stupid but like he's like a good guy and so like the way he's able to like get laflem to be playing up to his potential and like at the end like when i don't want to do any spoilers i guess but uh laflem just goes off in the end and scores some goals so just the way like his like character development throughout it is actually kind of cool and he's a really funny character as well yeah the, i agree the, the character types in this film were, were off the wall um and i loved it seriously they they made some great characters in this movie and really developed them um yeah it's great to see lev schreiber as like he's the actual mean goon and then you have you have our goon who, who you want to root for because he's he's kind of like a dumb but really really nice guy like he's the sweetest guy on the team but for some reason when when they get out on the ice he just like beats people up and destroys them basically he's like a watchdog he's like don't touch my guys um and yeah the, the theme i was talking about earlier is, is portrayed really well in this movie of like you have this really talented player and for some reason all these movies portray the really talented player as like a screw-up that doesn't really know that much about hockey but is like a naturally gifted um that's not accurate in real life because because a lot of the really talented players like like you know Kane, Taze, uh, Crosby, Malkin, are the guys we know and, and love in the NHL. A lot of those guys are also the most dedicated players on top of being the most talented. Um, and I don't think any of those hockey any of these hockey movies really show that super well. Um, like really, what can Laflamme learn that much from the goon who doesn't know anything about hockey? He just beats people up. Um, and, and those types of guys in the real world don't cut it out on the ice because they can't skate and shoot and stuff. And you can't really learn in, like, a year uh, to play on that level. But, but you know, we're not going to talk about it realistically. And this movie isn't meant to portray that. So if you're trying to learn about hockey or whatever, I'd stay away from Goon. But it was, it's a good story. It's a feel-good story. And the character I really liked as well was Allison Pill, who plays the Goon's, like, love interest and she she meets him on every level like neither of them thinks things through too much and they, and they make a lot of really funny commentary on society and, and life that that doesn't really make sense but but it's it, it's lovable and you just you love a lot of these characters yeah uh jay baruchel is in this as well uh you know he wrote it as well uh he went on to direct the second one which we're not going to cover uh just because we don't really think it's that significant of a hockey movie, uh, but Goon definitely is. So again, if you haven't seen Goon and you're looking for a good laugh, uh, this one will have you rolling. So uh, there's some really funny lines, unless you have anything else to say, uh, John or Jack. Uh, no, I just want to say, yeah, Jay Baruchel in it is like the funniest character in the movie by far. Like it's hilarious. So that's all I wanted to say. I forgot about that. Uh, so that was 2011's Goon, again, available on Tubi TV. But if you would not like to go on Tubi TV, uh, let us know. We can give you an outlet. Uh, so the next movie movie we're going to cover isn't really a movie. 
but and it's not that significant of a hockey movie either. Uh, but Jack, Jack and I's father found out that we were recording this episode and he was like, hey, you got to cover uh, this 1984 TV movie called Hockey Night. Uh, so the story of Hockey Night reads, a female goalie player faces prejudiced opposition when she joins a boys hockey team in Perry Sound, Ontario. Uh, it was directed by Paul Shapiro and it was written by Paul Shapiro as well. And it stars Megan Follows, Rick Moranis, in the only name that you would really know from this, uh, Gail Youngs, and Canadian soap opera star Yannick Bison. Uh, this was one of his first film roles. He is the titular role in Murdoch Mysteries, which is a big show in Canada. Uh, and Hockey Night is available on YouTube currently. Uh, I know Jack hasn't seen this. Uh, just because it's not like it's not that significant of a movie, and uh, John and I kind of decided we would take this one up. So, what are your thoughts on this, John? Yeah, um, seriously, shout out to Mr. Morara. I know you listen to the podcast, and and I enjoy your suggestions. Uh, we'd be happy to take them in the future. I didn't hate Hockey Night; like it was a pretty good movie. It was decent, um, super obscure. Like, just a good example of this: the level of obscurity that it has. So I, I rate movies on this site, Letterboxd, with, and it has millions of people on this site. And it's been reviewed by 33 people. Um, Hockey Night. It, it's a TV movie that's not going to be played anywhere else. But it's also so obscure that it's available on YouTube for free, and I don't think anyone's ever thought to take it down or anything. Um, so you can find it on YouTube. It, it's, a good, it's a good story. It's super Canadian. Like If you're trying to get the Canadian vibes... This is the type of movie. It's about hockey culture in a town and how they deal with that. And, and then the girl wants to join the team. And honestly, the girl's maybe the most talented member of the team. Um, but because she's a girl, they don't like her playing. So it's it's a little bit of a social justice movie in a, in a way, too, that I didn't expect. But yeah, you know, go for it. I'm, I'm glad this movie was made and I'm glad I watched it. Um, it's just super Canadian, super, it's, it's super average, just in general, the movie, it's very predictable, and, um, you know, a lot of the shots look, they were, like, they were just repeated throughout the movie, um, like, pretty much you could get the substance of the story in, in five minutes of watching it, and that's all you need, but I'm, I'm glad I, I'm glad I watched this movie, and, and shout out to Mr. Morara once again, seriously, uh, thank you, so, yeah, those are my thoughts on Hockey Night. <laughs> yeah, uh, like you said, it's it's really obscure that no one has seen this movie. I mean, I do understand, though, it was uh, solely Canadian release in 1984. <laughs> but Rick Moranis is in it. Uh, he was a big name of the time. Uh, and obviously, Yannick Bison, we see where he is now. Uh, so, uh, I mean, I don't have much to say about Hockey Nights. I will say the action... Uh, like the skating and stuff was better. It is in Canada, uh, much better than what the skating is in Mighty Ducks. Uh, so you do see that, and it's cool to see that. And you kind of see how uh, kids work up in Canada, sort of in this like peewee uh, age, which is around like 16, 15. Uh, so you get to see that. It's something that us as Americans, we don't really see. We don't really have that structure of youth hockey in America. So it's cool to see that through a Canadian perspective. Uh, one thing from this movie, though, 
they did mention like three separate times they over the PA system during the games. They were like, Jimmy Williams, your mother is looking for you. It's that like four times. So I think that's really like a testament to how like sort of like low budget and like not really thought out this was. It was just like sort of like a hallmark in a sense uh, of like this youth hockey team and like the kids in it and their relationships and stuff. Uh, so yeah, not much value uh, cinematically, I'd say, but it was enjoyable. No, no, enjoyable, and I completely agree on all those points you made, Pete. Um, I just think, it, yeah, I, th- I found it interesting, and I th- I'm pretty sure it's accurate that this kind of Canadian youth hockey culture is similar to, like, the Texas football culture, in a way, is what I got from it. I mean, you have these 15-, 16-year-olds talking about how high stakes the games are, and they are in a way because, you know, a lot of them are talking about NHL shots and, and how – the record in these PUE games would determine them making the next team and the next team. Um, so I thought that the, the hockey, the straight hockey aspect of the film was, was super, super accurate and probably well done, but the rest of the film was fluff and, and it was low budget and it was clear. So that's 1984's hockey night. Honestly, don't know how you ever heard of it, Mr. Rara, Mr. Marara, but, but I guess thank you for the suggestion. Um, and that brings us to our next movie, 1986's Youngblood. So it's a 17-year-old farm boy is offered an ice hockey tryout. His brother drives him to Canada. He has fast legs, slow fists, but is chosen. Will he learn to use his fists and play ice hockey the Canuck way? Will he get the coach's cute daughter? Um, directed and written by Peter Markle. And John Whitman is also a co-writer on the story. And it stars Rob Lowe, Cynthia Gibb, and Patrick Swayze. Uh, kind of a young breakout cast, super gritty eighties movie. I mean, that I, I read that from the beginning, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a watch. I'd say, uh, yeah, it's definitely, definitely a watch for sure. But, uh, it's like, it's like the classic eighties movie, you know, like it's literally like they made like an eighties movie, like, you know, he like has the skills, like, but he's just like not tough or anything. So of course they just throw in like a bunch of training montages where just like learning to fight and be tough. And of course, he's like hitting on the coach's daughter and stuff, and like hooking up with her, and it's just like a clan. It's like Rob Lowe and Swayze, like it's just like it's like the eighties. It's like an eighties movie that like they also like added hockey into. Basically, is how it felt for me. But I mean, it's if you like eighties movies, go for it. It's a solid movie. Yeah, uh, it's pretty gritty. Uh, the hockey action is cool though. Uh, I could tell that uh, Rob Lowe wasn't skating though. It was definitely a double, uh, but. I think Swayze was skating. Uh, Patrick Swayze actually is Canadian and he's quite spry on his feet uh, from Dirty Dancing. So uh, this was right before Dirty Dancing, too. So, you know, this is prime Swayze. He has luscious hair. Uh, You'd love to see him on screen as well as a young Rob Lowe. Uh, This was a few years after The Outsiders uh, with Rob Lowe and Patrick Swayze in it together. And they have great chemistry on screen. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's I'd say it's like a classic 80s movie uh, with hockey being like an undertone of it. And again, it it uh, explores Canadian hockey culture uh, like hockey night. But this is uh, more high stakes, definitely, uh, because this is just a step below the NHL. So you get to see that throughout the movie, uh, as well as Keanu Reeves plays the goalie in this movie. Uh, he does like some sort of French accent, which is really, really weird. Uh, so you get to see that. Uh, probably a better actor back then than he is now. So you get to see that uh, 
John, your thoughts? Yeah, it felt like they just got a bunch of like pretty, pretty boys together, and the, the, it is clear that they looked for good-looking characters, um, kind of disregarding skating talent maybe in the process, or or any type of you know real hockey experience. But but yeah, I, I very much enjoyed the dynamics between Swayze and Lowe, who who play like the captain, who's who's the talent of the team, who has to teach the young Rob Lowe like the basics of hockey. Once again, don't understand why a character's learning the basics of hockey once they've already made the team. But I guess that's just how these movies play out. And, um, yeah, it, I completely agree with what Jack said. This movie felt like hockey was the side plot of the movie. And Rob Lowe was, like, the main plot. It pretty much just follows him and his struggles to, to learn and, and overcome his fear of fighting other people. Once again, emphasizes fighting in hockey. Fighting is a big part of hockey, but it's not like the game, and I think that's what a lot of these movies missed. But but yeah, it, it, this is not a bad movie by any means. It's another kind of average movie. And um, before we go into the last movie, I just find it, it odd that no, none of these movies have covered like the NHL, which is the thing that everyone watches and knows. I feel like no one's really attempted to scratch the surface of of hockey movies besides maybe Slapshot and Miracle. And and no one big's really taken them on except early in their careers. So I feel like these hockey movies, there can be a lot more in the future and, and there can be some good ones. Because I feel like every other sport's been covered probably bigger than, than hockey, which is weird because it's a very popular game. Yeah, there are some good documentaries out there for sure. Uh, like, it's called like Ice Guardians or something. That's a really good one. If you want to check that out, I think that's on Prime. But that's it's also about fighting, though. You know, it's like documentary kind of about hockey, but it also covers fighting. So yeah, I agree with you, John. I think there's like some more like true stories that they could work with, like in the NHL or uh, just throughout hockey in the world too, that they can make movies with. For sure. Yeah, I feel like in you know with the MLB, you know, we have like fever pitch you know no i'm kidding uh but there's you know there's there's uh there's movies that focus on pro teams and other leagues and you know i really don't think there is one in hockey uh that covers the pro like nhl uh and i think young blood like we said that's the closest step to it you know uh to that pro level so you get to see that uh with that film yeah and in the mlb you've had movies made about like jackie robinson Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle, like a lot of the greats, right? And um, baseball is a very American game, but hockey's becoming that. And, you know, why not make a movie about like a Wayne Gretzky or Sidney Crosby? There's definitely the stories out there to make these movies. But I feel like all of these hockey movies have been on the kind of like major league scale. If you've ever seen those movies when it comes to baseball, there's they always have to have like a funny character that like spits on the puck or something like that or like, a Keenan Reynolds that like he can only do the the knuckle puck in the second Mighty Ducks movie, um, or like a young fast skater that has to learn how to fight. And and I enjoy all these movies for these character types. Um, I'm just looking for more from the hockey the hockey movie scene. And you know maybe if I ever become a filmmaker, I think this is a subject I'd touch on for sure. Hockey because I feel like there's definitely movies that can be made. That was uh, 1986's Young Blood. And we've reached the point in our episode where we're going to torch a movie. And there is none better in the hockey movie community than 2000's MVP, Most Valuable Primate. Uh, So the synopsis reads, 
when Jack, a sign language speaking chimp, makes a break for freedom, his talent for ice skating soon turns him into a local hockey team's secret weapon. But the lab officials are closing in. Uh, it was directed by Robert Vince and written by Ann and Robert Vince. Uh, and it stars Bernie, Louie, and Mac, who are the chimpanzees who all play Jack, uh, as well as Kevin Zeggers, who you might recognize from the Airbud uh, franchise of films. And it's currently available on Ro- the Roku channel and Tubi TV if you'd like to watch Most Valuable Primate. Uh, I mean, just the plot alone makes me laugh, right? And, you know, going into it, I wasn't expecting much. And I had watched this when I was like five, maybe. Uh, Jack will bring it up later, but we had this on VHS. Uh, so just going back to it, it's it's so laughable, this film. Uh, it's from the Air Bud franchise of films, same filmmakers, and it, it's just weird. Like, this would never happen. And I... It, it made it's like the room. It made it made me laugh because it was so bad. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts? So I, I just wanted to start by posing a few questions to you guys, um, and and this is because I know also that your dad is listening. First of all, what parent in their right mind would would a buy this film and b consider it a type of film that their children would watch in their formative years? I mean, I feel like this is the type of film that could seriously scar you in in certain ways. And it sounded like, I mean, before the episode, you guys were telling me that not only have you seen this once, but multiple times. Um, and that's really concerning. How did you go on to become serious hockey players in any aspect after this movie? Yeah, that's what I think I attribute maybe my love for hockey a little bit to this movie. Because like, I, I would literally watch it all the time. Like We had it on VHS. And uh, yeah, like, I don't know, maybe it was the reason I got into hockey. I have no idea. Just seeing uh, Jack the Chimpanzee on skates really spoke to me somehow or something. I don't know. But uh, yeah, this movie is, it it hurts so much to flame this movie because it was like a movie I watched all the time growing up. But like after like rewatching it, yeah, no, it was just hilarious how bad it is. It's literally like, yeah, it's the makers of Airbud, but like they just added a chimpanzee for some reason and like put them on skates. So they just went like way like way out there in this one. So. I want to note that this isn't the only uh, movie that focuses on this character of Jack. Uh, they A few years later than, than this, they meet MVP2, most vertical primate, and then MXP, most extreme primate, uh, both about a chimpanzee that uh, BMX bikes and skateboards. So, you know, I guess there's... I guess there's a crowd for this. Uh, they wouldn't have made them. Uh, but again, like the other Airbud movies, obviously has low budget. Uh, you don't really know what you're going to get going in. And it's just coincidence. I mean, you do know what you're going to get going in. It's just coincidence after coincidence in this movie uh, that turns out fortuitous. And obviously in the end, you know what, who's going to win and who's going to lose. And, you know, in this one, the whole side plot of that lab having to get Jack back because he's just this chimpanzee that gets along well with kids. It's crazy. And how he ends up with uh, the characters and stuff. It's the ending is actually crazy and it would never happen. Right. Like the girl uh, disguising herself as the chimpanzee and scoring the winning goal. It, it, it's insane. It, it makes zero sense. And uh, you know, Stephen Brill is attached to these Airbud projects in some respect. So I mean, that's that might be why they're so bad. What are your thoughts on that, John? 
Yeah, I mean, if you're a true dedicated fan of the pod, you you know my disdain for Stephen Brill. He's somehow managed to become one of my most watched directors. Um, yeah, I've never seen a film from him that, that I've liked in any capacity. Besides, you know, of course, being a writer for the Mighty Ducks movies. Although the screenplay for those movies was probably the worst part. Um, but but I just want to do to touch on some of the, the reviews in this film, which is honestly my favorite part of watching the film. So uh, the one, a one popular review says, look at the chimp. He is doing human things. Laugh, laugh at the film. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I think that's a really good review because it's, it's incredibly accurate. Um, and this other review is quoted as a profoundly moving film about overcoming our differences and personal bigotry. <laughs> I wouldn't call it moving in any sense, but, but it is about overcoming differences, I guess, because, I mean, who would think that a chimp can be the best hockey player in the film or, uh, you know, on the rink, but he is. Jack is the star and, and everybody loves him. Maybe that's why, uh, you know, you identified with this character so much, Jack. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, and, and I thought maybe you could talk about that, that final goal scene where the, the puck goes through the net, and if that ever has happened in a game, maybe. Uh, I don't think that's ever happened on, like, any level of hockey ever, maybe. Like, if the way the movie ends, basically, the winning goal, it goes, like, they think they don't score because the puck, like, hits the backboards or whatever, but the ref checks the net, and the net is actually, like, busted open. The puck went straight through the net somehow, and I don't, like, I've seen, like, like I've seen, like, face masks get, like, indented from slap shots, but I've never seen the puck, like, actually go through the net. Like, on any level. Like, I've never seen... Like, I've seen a puck, like, split in half, like, after hitting off the post or something in, like, the NHL. But, like, I don't think I've ever seen anyone, like, actually rip the net. Like, that's just, like... I don't think that's, like, possible at all, maybe. Like, you'd have to, like, be, like, really trying to do that or, like, doing an experiment or something. I don't know. I also found uh, one of the plot lines incredibly sadistic. And I think it was that the, the guy from the lab didn't just want Jack to play with the kids. He wanted Jack to, like put him in a lab and they were going to like test hepatitis on him or something. I specifically remember that. Like they were testing some disease on him and you know, people don't do that to chimps anymore in labs. At least I hope not. Um, yeah. And I just thought that was of all the things in the film, like it was super lighthearted, laughable film. That was the one concerning thing. Like the bad guys actually wanted to do terrible things to the chimpanzee that everyone loved. I mean, he was a little bit of a scoundrel, I think at the like his one head lab guy's funeral, I remember him like making a scene and like laughing and causing everyone to laugh and like, come on, Jack, you got you got to stay away from that type of behavior, you know. But but yeah, that was just a plot hole, a plot line that I felt was really concerning. Yeah, just not much substance. I mean, if if, if you're gonna not watch any of these movies, don't watch uh, MVP <laughs> unless you're looking for a good laugh for the wrong reasons. Uh, or else I'd give it a watch. Uh, I think that's going to wrap up our episode today. Uh, we just wanted to have a great, fun episode for you. Uh, get some hockey movies on your radar. You know, they don't make a lot of them, but there are some quality ones, and there's some not quality ones. Uh, so hopefully you got that out of today's episode. Uh, we'll be back with more weekly content uh, coming up in the upcoming weeks. But again, thank you, Jack, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you guys for having me. It's great to be a guest on the pod. Yeah, seriously, Jack, thanks. Um, we'd love to have you come on again soon at some point to talk some films of your choice, maybe. I feel like we want to scroll you into this hockey one. But I I think you offered some good insight. Um, just want to reiterate, reiterate, Jack is an expert on the subject. 
he he did play uh, club college hockey, um, and he played. You know, how many years did you play? Probably ten, ten plus. Oh yeah, like probably like twelve. Yeah, since I was like six, six years old. So. And if you could, if you could maybe give us like your top three films from the list, or or any other hockey movies you might recommend. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, definitely look out for some hockey documentaries. Like for sure, because there are a decent amount. Uh, like I said, the Ice Guardians one about like just like guys that have worked their way up fighting to get to the NHL. It's really good. It talks about like their like like uh, mental problems too that some of them have too. Because like you know, it takes a toll on you and everything. But there's definitely some good documentaries out there. But uh, my favorites from this list: uh, number one, Slap Shot. Go. I'm gonna go number two, Miracle, just because it's. Just, it's miracle, you know. And number three, I'm going Goon, of course. So those are my top three from this list. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. Um, Pete, would you do you have a top three? Uh, miracle one. Uh, Goon two. No, Slapshot two. Sorry, and uh, Mighty Ducks. Ah, uh, Mystery Alaska three. Mystery Alaska three. I forgot we covered that one. So yeah. So yeah. Uh... I'd say this was a good pod. We covered some some good hockey movies. If if that's if that's the genre you're looking for in film, then um, we pretty much covered all the major hockey movies, good and bad. I just wanted to say uh, Falcon Winter Soldier came out this past week, so uh, that's a big series that hopefully uh, John and I will be covering, like we did WandaVision. So look out for that in our future episodes. Yeah, we have some good future episodes upcoming. See you in the future. Um, and this was John Bodeman signing off Splash of Cinema, the Penguins-friendly hockey podcast, officially now. I'll make that official now. See you on Splash of Cinema.